Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. Fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. And, Why and, fuck them all? See, have headphones. Understand. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it, right? You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. We're, right, we We're literally... We are on <laughs> We're on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner! And the fat man. He says, man... You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up this <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. It's the uh, third installment of the uh, now world-famous The Ride Home. And today on the podcast, for the first time ever... The voice of the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast, John Russell. So awesome to be here in your vehicle on the ride home. I mean, this is what it's all about, isn't it? The ride home. I feel like I'm right at at the cutting edge of podcast history. You're at the precipice, as we like to say. Ooh, that's a good technical term. Because for me, when I do podcasts, I like to push the envelope. Uh-huh. I like to try new things. Yep. I like to have fresh ideas. Yep. And, uh... This is new, all right. Well, I just figured... We spend so much time in the car driving places. Why not do a podcast on the way home? Absolutely. It beats watching a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which we were just doing. <laughs> I'm the only guy that drives watching uh, Flickster movies. And just drive straight off into the ditch. Well, there was already, yeah. yeah, there was already a cop there, so that's fine. Yeah. So we uh, we traveled a great distance, about eight hours to Kearney, Nebraska. Two shows at the Cunningham's Journal. It was really quite an awesome place, I thought. Did, didn't you? I liked it. I am... I'm a little baffled at the two shows. Yeah. I mean, they could have pushed both shows together at about 9 o'clock, and it probably would have been a pretty kick-ass show. Yeah. Well, it was... Here's the thing. I I had a lot of fun with the people the first show, and the people the second show, I didn't have as much fun during the show. I didn't feel like, but afterwards, everybody was like, that was great. And so, you know, sometimes that happens to us, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, did I did I suck? But it's like, the audience didn't think so. You're so. like, that was the worst show ever. And someone comes up to you and they're like, I need to get your autograph on my backside. Yes. Have you signed a backside? I've never signed a butt, no. Have you signed a boob? Nope, not a boob. Have you signed a neck? Nope. Face? Here's the thing. Have you signed I'm, a body? I'm scary. Like like you... See, a lot of people don't know between us. You're a giant human. People know yeah. that. I'm a little bit shorter than you, but probably weigh a little bit more. I'm only two inches shorter than you, but... But so... And, and, and look me we up probably, on... We probably weigh the same. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I lost some weight. But here's the <laughs> thing. If you, 
if people look me up online, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm kind of scary looking, if I'm honest. You know, and so I people don't know are if you're like, scary. Oh yeah, are you scary. Oh yeah, nobody. I never get heckled. <laughs> They're afraid I'm going to go kill him. I mean, it's like he's going to come right off the stage. Oh yeah. Oh man. Don't you think? I think. Anyway, well, yeah, so I don't no. get heckled that much. I've either. never. I'm not. I'm not. Unfortunately for me, I don't seem to be in the realm of boob signing. I don't even. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah, sign this napkin. Nobody's like, nobody's wanted me to sign a napkin even. I don't. I have trouble wrapping my head around the idea of signing someone's body. Like, what's that? What's that going to last the rest of the night? Well, it depends on what their hygiene level is. But yeah, I suppose. Maybe they're going to go straight to the tattoo parlor and get it permanent on their breastlaces. Let me tell you, if any, if I signed anybody's body anywhere and they went and got it tattooed, I'd give them a hundred bucks. You've heard it here first on the Unbridled Tuesday podcast. You're going to have to. You tattoo the signature, hundred bucks, John Russell, guaranteed. Guess how much my signature is going to cost now? One fifty. Oh, oh, that's a trick. Son of a a bitch. I, I don't know. So we had quite a surprise last night. Yes. A uh, famous person showed up to the show. If you're a fan of... Uh, Full Throttle Saloon. Was it True TV and now it's yep. on Discovery? Yep. Full Throttle Saloon where they follow the the hijinks and the, uh, the ins and out of running a uh, Sturgis bar during... Uh, what do they call it? Is it just called Sturgis, Sturgis Week? Sturgis Rally. The, yeah. the rally, that's yeah. right. So uh, there's a character on the show, kind of a fat drunk guy named Fajita Mike. Fajita Mike, and uh, he just popped in and he said, "You know, it was <laughs> it was just so funny to me because he's like, yeah, we're looking for comedy at the at the Full Throttle Saloon this year for our rally," and I was like, first of all, what are you doing in Carney? Yeah. Like, it's nowhere near Sturgis, and. I'm like, did Jesse just say, find us some comedians? And he was just, like, wandering around, and it said, comedians tonight. So he's like, give me a call tomorrow. We'll push on stage. I'm like, all right. So we, I have his business card in my wallet, and we're waiting till a little afternoon to make the phone call to see if this is a, an actual thing. Hey, all I know is it would be, it would be something to be there, you know, I mean, like we know we know Dwight York that 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 does a show out in I mean numerous shows out in yeah. Sturgis every year, and I think it would be fun probably. But I think the best part about him being there and scouting us, I guess you would say, for talent, yeah. is uh, one minute before you went on stage, he left the room. Right. Who to do what? Who knows? And he came back in in about the middle of your show. Yep. And he actually laughed out loud at like three of your jokes. I know. So I was like, was "Oh good. boy!" And he tried to heckle you I like know. two I, or I, three times. And I pulled right over him. I don't. I don't put up with that. <laughs> uh, so I take the stage, and he's once again completely absent from the room. Yep. And I'd say maybe like fifteen minutes into my set, he comes back, listens quietly for maybe a minute and a half. And then has some kind of altercation in the back of the room. Yeah. I couldn't even see what was going on. I know, I Would you like to elaborate? I didn't see it. I just heard it. And he was arguing with somebody from the restaurant. And 
one of the guys that was a cook downstairs and it was like and I'm like good old feed of Mike if you watch a show that's how he behaves I think Uh, so yeah so he's going to be our booker uh, for Sturgis and he's going to if they don't pay us what we deserve he's just going to argue yeah which is good but he got he got thrown out yeah pretty much so that was fun yeah. So our, uh, I think I think that's what's the most fun about this business is uh, is the peaks and valleys of excitement when it comes to comedy. Because yeah. <laughs> we're like just sitting there minding our own business. It's kind of a slow show. We're about to go on stage and do it again, and just had our free meals from the bar, and we're just like whatever. Got to get up early and drive home, and then boom. Uh, and a recognizable reality star walks into the bar and chats us up, yeah. telling us that he wants us to be on his yeah. show. Hey guys, I'm Fajita Mike, he says. That was the first thing, and I'm like, yeah. God, you are! You know, and we chatted about the show, full throttle, asked some questions about yeah. the, you know, Jesse and his family and that kind of stuff, and seemed like there was a little bit of a kinship there. Yeah. So the excitement builds to the start of the show. And one minute before John goes on stage, he just leaves. Go. <laughs> yeah. And John's got that big opener. Oh, You've got man. that big opener about going it's to Sturgis, totally and you're like, oh. man, this is going to kill with Fajita Mike. I am in. Fajita Mike's going to go, jeez, how can I pass up on this guy? <laughs> he already does Sturgis jokes. He'll kill. Oh, my God. Yeah, then, in the, yeah. That was, that was, I mean, I was, I was like, is he ever going to come back? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh man, he's a big shot reality star. He's gonna just throw his weight around, and and just uh, yeah, I'm not comfortable watching these people with other people here. I can't laugh. Well, sometimes he's got shit to do. He's got meetings to take. Yeah, he's got drinks to drink. Probably, I don't. I mean, man, he could have been doing a, a personal appearance downstairs, and we didn't even know it. He was doing a book signing. Yeah, it's called Fajita Mike Recipe. behind the lights. Recipes from the road. <laughs> But I, I don't know if you get that a lot on the road. I, I don't know. But uh, throughout my entire career, I've got it so many times that uh, it's not even a thing anymore. Where I'll get off stage and someone will come up to me and they're friends with somebody who's like a huge star. And they're going to make a couple phone calls and I'm going to be in some kind of movie or on some kind of TV show or, or headed towards like the greatest moment in my career. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. And then... Like a week later, nothing happened. I think like probably the most famous story that I've had, and I've said it on the podcast before, but I opened for April Macy. Oh yeah. And after the show, it was just like all these great compliments, like you're really funny, like uh, this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, and she said to me, "I'm working on a show with Dave Attell, and uh, I know he's always still looking for people to do the show." So text me in a couple weeks and uh, I'll try to hook you up. And I'm like, oh my God, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. You know, text her a bunch of times, no response. And then I let it go for a while. And then I was in Wichita and uh, I'm like talking to somebody about getting TV time or pushing my career forward. And I'm like... I go, man, I'm going to try texting her again. So I text her, and she responds, and, and I'm, like, asking her about the show and this, that, and the other thing. And finally, after, like, three or four texts, she sends me one that says, uh, I don't know what you think 
that I'm involved with the show. She's like, I was just on the show. Like, I don't, I'm not making the show. I'm not involved in the uh-huh. writing and the producing. She goes, I was just letting you know that there is a show that David Tell's doing and he's looking for comedians. He goes, I, she's like, I would assume you'd have to be out in New York and do a spot at one of the clubs and he'd have to come and look at you and decide or whatever. And that's not what it sounded like after the yeah. show. It sounded like she was doing a show with Dave Attell and she was going to get me on. Wow. See, I, I'm, I'm in a different spot because I'm a little bit older than most people. People don't know me. I'm a little bit older than most comics. And um, I started later. And so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that I fit any kind of a mold. So a lot, what happens to me a lot of times is people think I've been doing this a lot longer than I have. And so they just assume that I've, you know, done some stuff. And it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't need any help. We're not going to even talk to that jackass. And first of all, how hard is your intro when you go to stage that that guy fucked it up twice last night? God. He couldn't get... Your intro was... he. What is your intro? I try to make it as easy as possible. I was, I was on... Uh, Paulie Shore had a special on Showtime called Paulie Shore Stands Alone. I don't even I don't even try to make people say the name of the show anymore because they can't get that right. I'm just like he was just seen on Showtime's Paulie Shore special. That's all I wanted to. He's a is just on Showtime Paul Shore's show. Dude, <laughs> it's three words. It's it's you know. But any, but that guy any, was a little out there, anyways. You know, yeah, yeah. Hyro, Hyro was a good dude. He was a good yeah. dude. I, I mean, you know what? I had fun with him, even if he screwed up the thing. It didn't make a whole lot of difference. But it's like, it's like, oh man, you don't do this very often, do you? It's like, what, what do you? What, I mean, oh, and I don't know. I think he said that he had prepared uh, an intro from from the website. And I'm like, well, don't do that, cause my that's just I'm just saying dumb stuff on my website. You well, that's a, that's always the nice part. I get real nervous whenever I'm doing a show and the MC hasn't come and asked me for my intro. Oh yeah. Because that makes me feel like he's just gonna take that sheet of paper that the <clears throat> that the company sent with my uh, my bio on it, and they're just gonna go up there and read the whole yeah. biography. Yeah, it's it's. I try to, you know, in 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 having because I still MC, um, and and I I like to do it because I think I do a good job, but I also know how it's really important to get those things right. And I've worked with a lot of guys who have oh I've got six credits I want you to read them all and it's like why I mean I'll do what you want me to do don't get me wrong but that seems excessive it's like. So when I'm when I'm in the in a, in the middle spot, I don't want to make it into a big deal. But plus, I'm the middle guy. Nobody gives a crap about me anyway. Do you do you ever have those guys that their intro is a joke that sets up their first joke? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's like, boy, I wonder if I screwed this up. No, I don't do that because I'm not mean to people. <laughs> but I've seen it happen to where where somebody else has, has has done an intro and they're not a really good MC and they s- sort of screw it up and the guy comes up and it's like <laughs> you know I can't even his, do my his, la- his last show was done on the front end of a battle cruiser 
John Baxter. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. One of the one of the best ones that that and then it's corny as crap, and I've seen it even in books. But it's like, oh yeah, get, come up with a good one. It's like HBO, Showtime, The Letterman Show. He's seen all of them. <laughs> How does that make me think you're going to be funny? Yeah, you know. Or it's like. Uh... <laughs> and then, and the other part is, as an audience member, I'm going, "Wow, this MC's kind of a douchebag." <laughs> you know, why would you make fun of the other comedian? Well, I got to a point where I was trying to muster up credits for people to say before I went on stage, and I had nothing at the time. So I had like these stupid credits that meant nothing, like uh, "Open for Dave Mordahl" and uh, "Came in seventh at uh, Tom Hansen's <laughs> Comedy Cabaret." <laughs> So finally, I just got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to write a silly opener. It's, that'll be quick. People will be able to say it, and, and it'll get a tiny laugh, and then, then we'll get on with the show. So the intro that I wrote was just, he's big, he's funny, and he's usually drunk. Mark Poulos, the end. You know? Perfect. It's perfect. I mean, it's a, it's a thing. It's, it's, to me, it's so difficult because you want people to know that... that You've you've done some stuff, you know, and I'm and I'm lucky because in the short amount of time I've been doing this, well, it's not a short amount of time anymore, but you know, like seven years, right? I've been lucky enough to be able to open for a lot of fairly well-known acts, you know. I mean, I got to I got to open for the Impractical Jokers when they're doing their live show up in Minneapolis, which was awesome. Now you would think that people could say he opened for True TV's Impractical Jokers but they never get it right he was on True TV's Impractical Jokers always it's like I was not on the show and then afterwards because that's what sticks in people's heads there's like how did you get on that show were they pulling a prank on you no I was not on the show you should just go with it and just come up with some story why not I can't do it because I see a lot of, I mean it's like I'm not a hype master man I can't you know although I could have fun and do it but I mean the thing is is like I like to be honest you know I don't want people to think oh yeah this jackass I, I went and watched every episode of True TV's Impractical Jokers and he wasn't on any of them well I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny story about uh, how that kind of stuff can come back and bite you in the ass me and uh, my buddy Joe, they do, we do Stoner and the Fat Man. We were touring around, and the whole time that we were on the road, like we were just obsessively listening to Opie and Anthony on XM Radio because we were out in the middle of nowhere, and there just was nothing else but XM Radio. So we'd listen to the episodes and the repeats and over and yeah. over again. And uh, we ended up doing this gig in Grand Junction, Colorado, and for whatever reason... <laughs> We thought it would be amazing to let the small town know that uh, we had been heard on the Opie and Anthony show, and uh, we, or it started a couple days before that. We did it at a show, and people were like all fawning over us after the show. And then the next day, we're like, we should do that again. We had such a great reaction. So by the time we got to Grand Junction, it was like old hat that the intro was that Stoner and the Fat Man have been on Opie and Anthony. So, great show, we get done with the show, we sell a bunch of stuff, and then we're just hanging out, having some drinks with the bartender, and, like, 
the hardcore fans of Opie and Anthony were called pests oh, okay. because of what that they they would do if they were commanded to do something they would just like incessantly like bother people and like mess with their Facebooks and call them and all that kind of stuff um, so it turned out that the bartender was like one of the head pests oh and he was like, man, I must have missed the episode you guys were on. And we both were like, oh, shit. <laughs> so we backtracked a lot. We were like, well, you know, it, was, uh, it wasn't actually on the air. Like, they were doing, like, a live thing. And we showed up. And they got us on the air for a second. I, we don't even know if it went out over the air. We just think it's kind of a cool credit. that. And he goes, well, man, I goes... I call into that show all the time. I'm going to call in next week and, and I'm going to push you guys and say, like, they should have you on the regular show. And we're like, eh, probably don't do that. Don't do that. They're not going to know who we are. Yeah, I remember that. No. Gosh. I, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, well, it's like, it's like with this, you know, the, the doing, the, doing the radio promo for, for this show last night. Um, you know, I... I I sent the guy an email and he says, oh, we already got it covered. But it's like, it's hard because you don't know a lot of times what you're going to be doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you were just, you were telling me when you were talking to him, you didn't even know if you were, you didn't even know if you were on or not. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, you know, they had mentioned in the email that they were going to tape it and play it a bunch of times this week. Yeah. So I assumed that they'd be taping. So they called me on the phone and they just started like BSing about whatever and current events and weather and travel and stuff. And we're just like, you know, as they call it in the radio biz, tossing the ball around. Yeah. Um, and like halfway through it, they start promoing the show and I go, oh, I guess we're recording. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even know, you know. Yeah, it, it's a and, that, and that's a thing. I mean, you know, I I've, as a middle act, you don't have to do nearly as much radio as as a headliner does. But you know, some of some of the times you you do stuff and it's like, a are we doing this? B are you really going to play this? You know, and and C it's like, uh, so tell me a little bit about your act. Well, it's funny. I mean, what do you what? I mean, you know, I I'm not, I mean. Here's a, here's a little bit of it. No, I can't tell you that. Although I want people to come and watch it, you know. Uh, well, tell us about tell us about when you opened for Gilbert Gottfried. What was that like? Well, you opened for Gilbert Gottfried? Yeah, I didn't. Decide. No, I'm just kidding. I Shut know. Shut up! Don't be teasing me. I'll tell you what was funny because you know. Obviously, yeah, let's let's talk about Gilbert for a sec yeah, here. Yeah, man, I, I I loved it so much. Um, you know, Gilbert has the character that, that in, in essence, it's a character uh, when he's on stage with the yelling. Off stage, just a, a, a nice, humble, just the sweetest guy, it seemed like, you know. And I, I remember, um, you know, telling him, hey, the, uh, the middle act's got five minutes left. I just lit him, and he goes, oh, no. You know, like oh, I'm not ready yet, and and, and he's like, he gets up to, you know, he says, so he's gonna go to the bathroom. He says, oh, say, would you get, could you put a bottle of water on stage? Absolutely, I would be happy to. Oh, thank you so much, and it was it was awesome. And then after the show, he was he was around. Um, it was over at New Hope Cinema Grill, and so they had him go over to the bar next door to sign and take pictures and stuff, and. Uh, so afterwards, I went back, 
uh, and the line had been dwindling, and I just said, hey, Gilbert, it was awesome to work with you. I, 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 one of the coolest things for me was to be able to do this. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, don't be sad. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, well, then get the fuck away from my table. I'm trying to make a buck. And he goes right back into the character, which I thought was hilarious, and he and he and he had this grin. But yeah, that was that was really fun for me. Um, and here's the interesting thing about it. I, this is funny because I just told you when people say it's interesting and it's not interesting. Yeah, yeah. here's the no. What I, I asked him about his intro, and and you know it had, it had come out that he was going to be on Celebrity Apprentice. This was back in December, and I said, do you want me to, you know mentioned Celebrity Apprentice, he says, nah, don't, don't talk about that. And he, he already had taped it, right? So he knew he was going to be gone after two or three weeks or whatever it was. <laughs> and no, don't talk about that. I don't care if anybody sees that. <laughs> but that was that was interesting, I thought, you know. I, well, I, I thought it was funny, too, because uh, my wife was a big fan of Gilbert's, like, TV and movie stuff. Oh, yeah. And she, uh, she went to the show with her uh, sisters and friends. And uh, I tried to let her know that his his comedy show is not anything like his acting or whatever. Like, his stand-up is really filthy. And she's like, well, it can't be that filthy. And, like, there was a few jokes where she almost walked out. And I was like, you know, that's that's Gilbert Godfrey. Like, it's all shock. It's all, like, remanufactured, like, you know, stock jokes. But he makes them his own and kills it every time. But it's just like, if you're not ready for that... It is funny how people, uh, cause I remember like Doug Stanhope's like second CD, uh, uh, take the edge off or whatever. He was, he opened the show by talking about how, uh, you know, no one in the crowd gives a shit who he is. They're all in there for free tickets. You know, they could give a shit. And then he puts a guy on the spot in the front row. He goes, what's my name? He goes, you don't fucking know who I am. <laughs> He goes, some dumbass on the phone called you with free tickets. And that's the, you're here getting your two drink minimum. And that's the tough part sometimes, you know. It's like with reality television and TV, people get famous for things other than their stand-up. Yeah. And then that filters people to come to their shows, and then they don't know what they're in for, and then they get all upset. It's like, do some research. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's, and that's the thing, it's like, Gilbert's Gilbert's act was was pretty cool up until like the last 15 minutes and he says I'm going to do some jokes from my dirty DVD and it's like he just warned you you know and yeah. and it's I mean and, and I and I had that CD and and it's pretty it's pretty dirty you know there's no question about it and and, and a lot of that stuff you wouldn't want your mom to hear but um yeah it was everybody liked it to that point and a lot of people liked it because they knew him too yeah. but it was yeah that was that was uh, that was one of the one of the nice shows I got to do this last year um, but you know I mean I've been I've been really lucky you yeah. know in terms of who I've got to work with I got to open for Mark Poulos numerous times oh for Christ's sakes well, I think we hit all the bullet points that I at least wanted to cover on the ride home. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about I, last night or the trip at all? Maybe uh, talk about your coffee incident, but yo, well, we I talk, just can't. That wasn't actually bad, no, we don't need to bring that up again. Frank, take that out. Edit that out. <laughs> we will clip it out. No, I probably won't. It's going it to be in there. there. That's a lot of work. Yeah. The only thing I will say is this: that Cunningham's journal, man. I mean, I, you know, 
I, you, you had worked there, you said, years before, and I'd never worked there. And, and a lot of times when you go out of town uh, and it's someplace, it's like, okay, Kearney, Nebraska, how? That's not a big city, you know, and you wonder, gosh, what's the place that I'm going to work at like? And when we pulled into the parking lot, it smelled awesome. I mean, they had yeah. the, the food smelled fantastic. And then, I mean, you had you had what salmon, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a hamburger. Outstanding. Oh God, I had a hamburger, but it's like a half a pound hamburger. <laughs> like like for what? I mean, for like you know. That'll be talking to you in the morning. Ayo. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, but I, I thought it was fantastic, and 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 they and they honestly they couldn't have treated us any better. Just total class. It was a pleasure being at the Cunningham's Journal. If you're ever near Kearney, Nebraska, make sure you pop in there for lunch or dinner or a comedy show on Thursdays. They've got two shows. Uh, do you want to promo yourself, Johnny? Website, uh, Twitter, all that oh jazz? Oh, yeah, it's uh, johnrussellcomedy.com, at jrcomedy. Uh, and you can look me up on Facebook if you're not already my friend. All right. As always, you can get the podcast at iTunes and Podbean. Uh, got live streaming radio going over my website at uh, markpulos.com. Check out that and tune in next time when we talk about who knows.